Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Joseph Gadasco. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Um, but as we were talking prior to, to recording, I live in Texas, so I'm just trying to kind of come back from this winter storm. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of my friends up north are kind of making fun of us because uh, it's like, man, we have snow all the time. It's like, yeah, but we have 100 degree weather, so yeah, give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it's it definitely both COVID and, you know, disasters like that show us just how much everyone is pretending to know what the heck they're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like even then, like I thought I was like ready for like kind of any kind of disaster. I had, um, you know, stuff, supplies set aside. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it came in handy. Thank God. But, the you know, I'm glad that I got nothing but canned soups because with us being without power, I have bags of beans and rice and boxes of fideo, but there's nothing I can do with it with no power. Um, yeah. Funny thing about that was because we were having the rolling power power outages, um, it got to a point where we started getting used to the power cutting on for like two or three minutes and then cutting back off. So I got to a point where we were taking our soup, putting it in a bowl, leaving it in the microwave and just waiting for the power to kick on. <laughs> as soon as it did, we ran to the microwave, hit two minutes, and then like right when the soup was hot, the power would go back on. Nice. <laughs> So it was rough. Yeah, it was it was rough, man. The worst part about it was not being able to take a shower, man. I, I'm a clean freak when it comes to personal hygiene, and I shower twice a day. And so going three or four days without a shower really got under my skin. Oh, yeah. It really bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so listeners, that gives you a, a, a time frame of when we're recording uh, because these usually come out like many months later. So um, – and we'll we'll experience how different the world is by the time that this comes up. It, it's always so funny to me that right when <laughs> a, a backlogged episode airs, it's like, oh man, that was then. Like, <laughs> I'm starting to find that out too. Like, my podcast is mainly just me, kind of talking into a mic, and I've slowly started bringing guests on. And I've realized that, like, even when I try to time it out, like, there's just some episodes come out like a month later from when I actually recorded it, and I'm like, oh man, like. I got to keep that in mind when talking about certain topics because it might not, it might have already passed by the time I get it out. And yeah, the, yeah. The listeners are able to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Only recently. But sorry, have I didn't I mean been, to interrupt you there. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Only recently have I been airing podcasts like post election. And it's weird, like the tone of conversation before and after. <laughs> uh, well, anyways. Yeah. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Joseph Garasco. Uh I'm from San Antonio, Texas, and I am a podcaster. I'm a solo musician. Um, just recently, I started doing um, pod designs, so that's print on demand. So I make basic like, t-shirt designs and sell them online. Uh, me and the wife started doing, uh, uh, it's called Perler Beat Art, but I always just call it pixel art. But uh, we started doing that. We, it's kind of a, a, a little bonding thing for me and the wife um eventually we're, we're trying to make um an inventory so we could eventually make a website and kind of sell those online we make coasters and stuff like that of famous like nerd culture type stuff nintendo and uh pokemon and stuff like that um we also my wife's going to be doing a makeup line here soon so i told her i'd help her with that um, i'm not going to make it she's making it she's making all the makeup from scratch um i just told her i'd help her market it help her with the logo and kind of package things help it help send it out and stuff and um 
then eventually once I get a bigger place, uh, I also want to start making rugs. Uh, again, kind of going into the whole uh, pop culture, nerd culture type stuff, making like Kirby rugs and stuff like that. Um, I just don't have the space to do it right now. But it, we're, I'm just kind of an entrepreneur, man. I'm trying. I, I really don't want to go back to a nine to five job. I've been working hard jobs my entire life. Uh, I'm going to be 33 this year, and I started working at 16, and I'm just kind of over. Uh, working for somebody else's dream, uh, essentially. So I want to start doing stuff for myself. Uh, I'm, I'm a hard worker. Um, and it just kind of never in, in corporate America, if you're not kissing asses, and, and you don't know the right people, it's really hard to kind of move up, uh, at least for me personally. Um, and instead of letting that make me become a jaded individual, it's uh, I've looked at it the other way of like, you know what, I'm gonna stop working for other people's dreams. And I'm gonna start putting all my energy and time into my own dreams and, and try to become something from that. I'm a little late to the party, you know, in my 30s. But, you know, it's never too late to start, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool. Which of these things do you consider your main focus? You know, it's funny you ask that because I had a friend ask me that too, because he's he's trying to get into the entrepreneur game and, and he brought that up. He's like, Man, you got a lot of, you know, spinning plates, if you will, um, that you're you're trying to accomplish here. And he asked me the same thing, what's kind of the main thing that you're you're pushing? And I would have to say, um, it would be the podcast, um, but also my music. I I feel like they kind of go hand in hand, um, in the sense that I um use the podcast to um not only get my voice and my opinion out. Um, but like I said earlier, I have, I'm starting to get guests on and how I'm getting a lot of the guests is that I'm doing stuff like this. I'm, I'm guesting on other podcasts. Um, and because I'm a musician and I have a particular genre that I play in, you know, I, I look for podcasts as well, um, to do that, uh, and, and interview talking about my band, um, and kind of trying to get fans that way. And then also doing my podcast, uh, it's called the cognitive discourse. We, uh, just talk about anything really. And that's what really kind of drove me to your podcast was that it's, it's an open forum, a non judgmental forum. Um, and that's kind of what, what my podcast is as well. So I also want to do that circuit where I can guess on other people's podcasts, have guests come in and then just have that open dialogue. Um, it's something I feel like we're missing, um, in society right now i think there's we're divided and everybody has to even the people that are fence sitters um they're kind of forced to pick a side um and that's kind of it's frustrating and so i feel like podcasts like this like your podcast the podcast that i do and many other ones that i've been on um kind of take away all of that and we just get down to the bare bones and say hey man let's just have a discussion let's find some common ground and uh you know, at the end of the day, we all have opinions, we all have feelings. And, um, you know, it, the, the, the judgment kind of has to be put aside and, and just really find out what somebody's about at their core. So long winded answer, but I think my, my podcast is kind of, you know, uh, the main focus right now. Um, and then, like I said, my music, and again, with the music and the podcast, both, even though they're my main focus, it's not my focus financially. So I do those things because they're fun. I do them because I enjoy them. Um, the other stuff that I'm doing, uh, that's kind of where I'm trying to bring some money in. Uh, I got lucky, my wife, um, when I decided to do this, I quit my job. Like I do this 100% full time at the house. Um, and the wife allowed me to do that. She basically told me when we had our first daughter, uh, 
I let my wife take a, a full year off. So I was working 12 hour days, six days a week. I only had Sundays off and, uh, I did, I, I grinded it out to take care of my family. You know, that's, that's what I, I did as a father, as a husband, you know, as, 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 uh, the significant other, that's, that's what I, that was my job. And so my wife basically told me, Hey man, you did that for me. Uh, you allowed me to stay home with my daughter. Um, and I know you have a lot of dreams. You have a lot of goals. And I basically put out the plan to her and she says, if you need to take off and do it, do it. And the great thing about her is that she works from home now too. COVID. I mean, she always wanted to do at home job, but I think COVID kind of helped push that a little more forward and, and accelerated it a little bit more. Um, and so she got a job and every time she gets an at home job, she's always looking for that next one that pays more and does everything. And now she found one that she really wants to do. She's getting paid a lot more. So it, it takes a lot of stress off of me financially. We're in a good place to where I can focus on doing this stuff and uh, money's not an issue of like, well, I need to go back to work and trying to juggle all this stuff at once. So it, it really does help. So I, I, I owe all, a lot of that to my wife uh, yeah, allowed me to be able to pull this off. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Why did you start a podcast? I originally started a podcast called mind at large with a buddy of mine. And, um, it originally started from me listening to podcasts like Joe Rogan, Your Mom's House podcast, um, You Made It Weird, a lot of comedian-based podcasts. Uh, Joe Rogan being the main one, but it was just I liked that that vibe of you know friends just talking. And I had a buddy of mine, um, shout out to Adam. He um, he's a I grew up with him. I've known him since I was about twelve years old. He was actually my first friend when I came back from California. I lived in California for about two years. Uh, I'm a Texas boy, but I lived in California for, for two years, came back, and he was the first kid that I met uh, coming back. So he was my first friend back to, to San Antonio. And um, so we've always had dialogue growing up. We've always been kind of old souls. Um, even at a young age, we always were uh, asking the big questions and, and being philosophical about things. And so you know, technology finally caught up. And a few years ago, I think it was back in 2000, I want to say 2015, 2016, was when we decided to do our first episode. And it came out of us just sitting and he would come over about once a week. Uh, he'd bring some beers or I'd have some beer. We'd, we'd always try to try new beers. So we'd go to like HEB and, and they have uh, like single beers you can build a six pack with. So we'd build a six pack sit at my house and we just try the beers and we just, you know, talk. We just have conversations about a bunch of random stuff about life and where we're going and where we've been and, you know, just reminiscing about different things. And, uh, you know, my wife at the time, you know, she was my girlfriend and she would always be like, what do you guys talk about? Like y'all are talking for eight hours every time he comes over. And then on top of that, when you say bye, you walk him to his car and you guys are out there for another two or three hours before he actually leaves. You know, what are you talking about? And his girlfriend would ask the same thing. And so trying to explain it to somebody, it was like, ah, you know what? I told him one day, I was like, why don't we just do a podcast, man? Like, let's just get some mics. Let's record our conversations and let's just put it out there. And not so much for trying to build an audience but it's just more for us like the concept of that podcast was something that we were going to record so we could go back 10 years later and listen to the episodes and be like hey do we still think that way like how much have we evolved over, over time and so that was kind of the main uh, idea behind it um, the thing about him is he's, he's more of an introvert. For some reason, I always in, attract introverts. I'm a, I'm an extrovert. I'm very loud, outgoing. I I'll talk to anybody. Um, 
I'm that guy you see at a bar that's just like, hey, man, what's up? Like, if I see you sitting at the table by yourself, I'm like, hey, come over here. Like, hang out with us. Like, I'm that guy. Um, and so, like, my buddy was more kind of like, how do you do that? Like, I, I, I could never do that. Like, I could never just talk to somebody like a stranger. And uh, so it, it was a cool dynamic between us. And um, it's funny because we talked about it. He, found, he, he realized that he, he surrounds himself around a lot of extroverts. And it's because he looks up to that. He wants to kind of be that way. Um, so he's trying to condition himself that way. So he kind of puts himself in the fire and pushes himself to be like that. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how that came about. And then we started having guests on it and stuff like that. Um, ultimately, um, we just had different ideals after, after a while. And so I just kind of stepped away. Um, but I still wanted a podcast. I still wanted to do something and we were still friends. We still talk. I would guest on his podcast still. Um, you know, I just wasn't the co-host anymore, you know? Um, and so I even brought the idea to him. I was like, Hey man, you know, I've been thinking about doing my own podcast. Like, what do you think? And he's like, man, if anybody out of my group of friends could pull off talking by themselves in a room, you know, as a podcast, I think you could do it. And so it really kind of gave me that that push. I'm like, cool, man, because I look up to Bill Burr. I don't know if you know who Bill Burr is. He's a comedian. He's on uh, The Mandalorian, um, and you know, I've he does it. He he he. he of course, he rants on his. He just kind of goes. He's just Bill Burr the whole time, and uh, I love it. But my buddy was like, yeah, man, like I could see you pulling something off like that. Um, but I didn't want to really rant on my podcast. I wanted mine to be a little more of um, kind of thought provoking. Uh, motivational a little bit, but not corny motivational, you know? Um, so I kind of started doing monologues. Um, that's how it kind of first began. I just recorded a few monologues, didn't release them, uh, ran it by him to kind of see how they went. Um, and I did that because of how I said my music kind of correlates with the podcast, how they kind of go hand in hand with each other is when I do the monologues, like my opening intro, my outro, uh, on the monologues, I have music playing in the background real softly. All of that's written by me. Like I write it and I put it on there. Um, I know a lot of podcasters use like samples and stuff from websites, copyright, uh, copy-free um, music. Um, but me being a musician, I'm like, I want to do all of it. You know, that was the whole point too. It's like, you know, I, I started out as just a musician. I learned how to mix and master my own music. Um, then I got in the podcast world and I figured that will also help me learn how to be a better musician, a better composer, um, a better producer. Um, and then, you know, I also got into video editing and stuff like that. So everything is, is, a, is, a, is, is growth for me. And, and um, you know, I basically put stuff out there and I, I, I want to go back and look at it, you know, later on 10 years from now and see how I've grown, uh, not only as a podcaster, but as a musician, as an, as an engineer, as an editor, stuff like that. So, yeah, I did monologues. I do just normal topics for my full episodes where I just kind of, I find something that uh, I have an opinion about and I try to put it out there as non-biased as possible. Um, so that's kind of what, that's why I made the podcast. I see a lot of hate in the world and, and I want to kind of be the 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 part that's not trying to spread that hate that kind of separates from it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When did you first get started in music? So I started playing when I was 14, I got my first bass when I was 14 years old. Um, it was a long conversation with my mom trying to get that, that bass because I've always wanted to be in entertainment my entire life. Um, I, 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 
I feel like most people who, who want to be in entertainment or who really succeed at it, um, and I'm, I'm kind of pointing my finger at Hollywood there, um, I, I think those individuals, if I'm going to generalize a little bit here, I think everybody who wants to be in entertainment has a bit of narcissism in them. Um, a little bit, uh, there, there is a little bit of ego driven, um, narcissism, I believe. Uh, and, and me myself, you know, I, 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 I admit that I'm pretty narcissistic. I'm a little egotistical at times. Um, I like, I'm, I'm the opposite. When I see people complaining, I don't like my voice on my podcast. I'm like, I love my voice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind listening to myself when editing comes. I don't mind it. I don't, I'll listen to myself. I listen to my own music. Cause Hey, at the end of the day, I write music, um, for me. You know, it's my therapy. So I'm writing songs that I want to jam to. Um, so if you hear me jamming my own music in the truck, I don't get embarrassed about it. I'll, I, I love it. So I've always wanted to be in entertainment. You know, I went, I grew up, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 33. So Jim Carrey was a big figure when I was a little kid. So I wanted to be like Jim Carrey. I wanted to do comedy movies. Um, and then I got into wrestling. I grew up during the Attitude Era. So like Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Mankind, those are, those are my guys. And uh, I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be into wrestling. And then music, the first bit of music that I separated myself from, because um, growing up in my house, I, I, you know, I have a Mexican household. So I grew up to Tijano music and uh, my mom listened to a lot of Elvis and like uh, outlaw country type stuff. And, and so I had all that stuff kind of in my my stable growing up, but I latched on to my early teens to hip hop music. Um, you know, early two thousands, I was really into a lot of hip hop. And so I, you know, would do beats and kind of, I would try to rap, you know, <laughs> it was probably really bad if I go back and find those old tapes, but, um, that's kind of where I discovered music. So when I, the first band that I ever heard that was heavy was uh, cold chamber. And then I got into Slipknot and Metallica and all that stuff. And so I wanted to play bass and uh, trying to convince my mom. At the, up to that point, my mom never really had to buy me anything. You know, those were just like, it was just, it was just being a kid. Like, oh, I want to do that. But wanting to be in a band, now I actually physically needed an instrument. And so my mom, it was kind of a hard pill for her to swallow, you know, single parent. Uh, at the time, there was a place called Mars Music. No longer there. It's now what we know as Sam Ash. But they were going out of business. And I happened to see it. And I was like, hey, mom, can we go in there and just look and see if we can find something, you know, fairly reasonable? And uh, she's like, okay, you know, let's go. And uh, mind you, my mom's been my biggest fan. Like, I love my mom to death. She's She's been my biggest fan in everything I've ever done. So we go in there and we're looking at the bases. And I don't know what I'm looking at. I, I decided I wanted to play bass. You know, in my thought process, I was like, I'll learn bass first because it seems easier than guitar, you know. And so I found this black bass, didn't know what I was buying, but it was on sale. I think I got it for like three, 400 bucks and uh, took it home, learned on it. Come to find out it's a Brawley bass. It has, it's a four string with active pickups. And I believe one of the guys from Fender had left Fender and he made this as like a side business. Uh, Brawley's no longer around, but so it had a member of Fender that made these this line of basses. And to this day, it's probably still my golden boy. 
as far as my instruments are concerned. Anybody and everybody that I've come across uh, that have played this bass, they basically want to buy it from me um, or they want to steal it. <laughs> so it's 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 my it was my road bass. It was my when I went actually started doing shows and going on tours and stuff. It's the one that I took on the road. Um, so it, it was a very versatile bass and, and I love it. Um, it has boost knobs so I, I can boost the treble and the bass on it. And because I like to play more of a stringy um, type sound and I play with a pick a lot. Uh, I like that real stringy sound. It allowed me to really kind of dig in and find that tone. But I started at 14. A funny thing, though, is I played bass for about four years. And the first band that I ever got into, I didn't even play bass. Uh, I ended up playing drums. Okay. <laughs> so I put four years into bass, and then I essentially became a drummer in the first band that I was ever in. <laughs> is Is bass still your your primary like it's where your heart lies or do you feel like now that you've done other instruments and especially with with your solo stuff because I, I have listened to your music i mean you're you're doing it all so like which which do you think is your foundation bass will always have a place in my heart um i, I always yeah I, I love the bass um i love the low end in general um i really love playing drums but i feel the drums are the dumbest instrument um, <laughs> because they're big they're heavy and i don't like carrying them <laughs> if drums were easier to get around i would be more uh inclined to want to really um hone my craft as a drummer as you see i have my electric kit behind me i just got this and i got this because i haven't played drums in about eight years and it's always because i don't have the room to set up uh i've been living in apartments for like the past five years so it's loud you know yeah, i finally was able to get it <laughs> yeah, so I was finally able to get a, a you know electric kit. Um, I do love playing guitar. Um, I do play. I, I've realized that I kind of in some of the more mellow stuff that I've been writing here lately. Uh, I've been using the guitar more as as an accent piece. So because I'm very low in um, heavy, as far as like I really kind of like to have cool rhythms with the bass and the drums. Um, the guitar has been more of an accent on the melodies. Um, and I've been finding that I really have fun with that. I've really been enjoying that um, because it, it forces me to kind of think out of the box. Um, so overall, I, I like every instrument that I play um, kind of equally. equally. But if I had to choose uh, a favorite, especially just being in bands, like typically when I try out for a band, um, if I try out for a band, um, it's mainly on bass. Uh, I'll typically kind of lean towards the bass, um, just because I, I'm also six one, two hundred and forty pounds. So um, a a bass just fits me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also started on bass, and uh, it's still like whenever I pick up even a guitar, like my hands go to like bass finger position <laughs> instead of like pick holding position. So yeah, I, I, I feel that. Uh, some of the more kind of philosophical musical questions that I like to ask musicians, uh, is there, is there such a thing as bad music? Um, short answer, no. Um, I think music is, um, based off preference. Um, I think people get too caught up, um, and when I, when, when I would say no, I, I'm referring towards like the, the gatekeepers, 
Um, I'm not a fan of the elites and the the gatekeeping of, uh, especially with metal. Me being a metal fan, uh, me being a metal artist, um, I, I don't get caught up in the subgenres because um, then that's when you kind of get into the gatekeeping and people are like, well, that sh- that that type of uh, genre sucks, and this one doesn't. Da da da. It's like, well, um, you know, again, it, it's it's based off preference. Now, I I think that you do need a sense of rhythm to be an artist yes um because even songs that people don't quite understand that we are kind of like controlled chaos um you know before i really understood odd time signatures a lot of that just sounded like noise to me um so if you asked you know teenage me that was didn't understand that stuff i tell you that that's not music that's horrible like that that doesn't even make sense but if you ask 30 year old me who understands odd time signatures odd time signatures now i'd be like oh no i i get what they're doing you know it is controlled chaos like um so yeah i, I don't think there's a, a a wrong way to play music um especially you know from a, from an artist if somebody who's uh unsure or insecure about what they're writing um you know the best advice i can give is hey man write for yourself like don't worry about what other people are going to think about it um at the end of the day um you know are you satisfied with it um but at the same time don't become so much of a perfectionist that it, it hinders you from releasing it that's something that i've run into on a local level here, I know a lot of amazing musicians uh, in, in my city. And a lot of them use the the term, I'm a perfectionist, as their reason for why their music hasn't come out yet. And at, at a point, I'm like, when does your perfectionism just become an excuse for procrastination? Like, when is it, when is it enough? Who are you trying to oppress at that point? Um, because I, I feel like... Um, a lot of the people that I, that I know who are like this, they have a great product. And when you hear it, it's like, dude, the average listener isn't going to hear uh, that little flaw or little mistake that you're like focused on, that, that you're like hyper focused on. Uh, for the most part, sh- t- like the music that I, I sent you, dude, that was done with Superior Drummer. I'm not even using an acoustic drum kit. I'm using a program. And an average listener probably won't even know that. Now, somebody like you're a musician yourself, I see your guitar and amp, so you have a keen ear, more than likely you picked up on it. But for the most part, again, it's it allows me to get my point across. It allows me to get my message across musically. Um, and that's why I love technology. And again, that's why I also, I, 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 I get kind of annoyed when people try to gatekeep. And you see it, I did an episode called Tribal Mentality on my podcast, and that kind of covered a multitude of things, but it also covers that as well. Musically, like you also have people, you see division and just recording alone. You know, I record the way I record because of the limited space I have. Uh, if I talk to, you know, an old school uh, music nerd who is like, nah, man, you have to record on tape. It's the only way, you know, you get that genuine sound. It's like, yeah, dude, it's, it's a great way to record, but to have that mentality of it's the only way, um, or, you know, everything else is, 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 uh, is not up to par and that's the only superior way to do something that I don't agree with. Um, I, there's, there's many tools out there and, and basically you just create what you create, man. Um, and have fun doing it. If you're not having fun doing what you're doing, um, then why are you doing it? 
And again, if you're if you're doing something and you're constantly questioning if somebody else is going to like it, then why are you doing it? Because you're not doing it for yourself. Um, and then then that's when I start questioning, well, what's your ultimate goal? Are you just doing this because you want to make money off of it? Is that your ultimate goal? Um, you know, because then if you can if you can be honest with yourself and say, yeah, like I'll respect you for that. Like, OK, cool. Well, then let's figure out how we can make you some money, man. You know what I mean? Let's take those avenues to help you make money. But if you want to make a solid product and you want to do something that you can be proud of, then um, don't let anybody tell you that you're doing it the wrong way. Um, and that comes down to just editing, too, man. I've noticed that in, in my world of podcasting, in the world of of messing around in reaper and 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 trying to mix and master and and edit things there's no one right way to do it uh, you know when i was doing my research to figure out how to do it i was i learned a lot of my stuff on youtube and there's so many different methods man there's so many different ways to do things and you know i even got into a debate with a guy on facebook on in a podcast group about that uh, somebody had posed a question and I basically told them like what I use and how I got to where I was at. And he, this guy made fun of me because I learned how to do my stuff via YouTube. And he, you know, it got to a point where I wasn't trying to be mean to him, but I was basically like, you know, you sound jaded, dude. Like you're, you're coming off very negative, very upset. You sound like somebody who's pissed off that they spent thousands of dollars in college to learn everything that I learned for free, taking time out of my day to watch off of YouTube, you know? And um, so it's like, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're the way you do things is wrong, but you're saying the way I'm doing things are wrong, but it works. You know, I, I'm putting content out and I think it's decent quality, you know? So, um, you know, where's the, where's the argument there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, switching gears into the tough questions that, kind of make bit depth what bit depth is starting with what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life now i was thinking about this today <laughs> because i remember you bringing it up to me in an email so i was trying to think about it because in all in all seriousness religion thinking back i didn't think religion really played a huge part in my life but thinking about it today um I definitely have changed my views on religion as I get older. Um, And I started realizing how family and society kind of impacted the way I used to think about religion. And what I mean by that is, um, first I'll start off with my mom. My mom, like I said, she's my biggest fan. Um, My mom has always been like my best friend. Yeah. When it came to religion, I grew up in a household that didn't push religion. So my mom is a very religious person in her own right. Um, She's always reading her Bible. Uh, She prays every morning, prays every night. She has a relationship with God. Um, And because of that, I, in my household, I knew it was that religion was always there. Yeah. Um, I knew that if I had questions, there would be answers for me. Um, But it never interests me. It it was just something that my mom did. You know, it was just in the house, you know. And we had crucifixes and stuff in the house. And um, my family, on the other hand, they, my family and society tended to put a sour taste in my mouth about religion. And how, how they did that was that I had an aunt who was very religious and uh, like to push her views on people. And this was my, my issue with religion is that a lot of these types of folks um, 
are so religious that it becomes a almost like a front to be judgmental. Like they're allowed to get away with being judgmental because they're using religion as their front. Um, that I don't agree with. And, you know, I went through my little goth phase when I was in high school. And uh, I remember it used to really irritate my aunt because my aunt would always tell my mom, like, why do you let him dress like that? My mom's like, it's just a phase, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll grow out of it. And I mean, she was right. I, I'm a dad now. I'm, I'm the guy that wears basketball shorts and Crocs and a t-shirt <laughs> everywhere. You know what I mean? Like if I have to put pants on anymore, I'm just like, do we really have to go? Cause <laughs> I don't put pants on, you know? And so, um, and I just recently got Crocs. I, I, I completed my dad uniform about a week ago. <laughs> But I mean, she, in a way, she was right. She's like, you know, you know, and and I still, I'm still a metalhead at heart. Um, but I, I do listen to a lot of different type of music. But metal's still there in the at its core. But my mom was onto something there. My mom basically was saying, look, if if I try to uh, tell him this is bad or try to push him away from it, it's just going to push him further into wanting to do it because he's a teenager. He's going to be rebellious. So my mom got it. My mom understood. Um, my family not so much, and it got to the point where they would. They would push it on me because of the way I dressed. I was the I was the black sheep of the family. I had long hair. I had piercings all in my face. You know, I wore nail polish on my fingernails, and a lot of times it was sharpie because I was lazy, and I just put black sharpie on my nails. You know, and I had the long sleeve shirt with the hole cut in the thumb, and you know, I was I was that kid. And uh, I remember one time it was Thanksgiving, and we were hosting Thanksgiving at our house. And that same aunt came over for Thanksgiving and um, she flat out said, you know, hey, Joseph, why don't you say uh, grace? And I was probably 14, 15 at the time. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm an old soul. So I basically told my aunt, I was straight to her face. I was like, hey, you know. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I don't believe in your religion or you're wrong for what you believe in. If you want to say grace and you want to pray before you eat, then by all means, I'll sit here quietly. I won't eat or anything like that. I'll sit here quietly and let y'all say grace, but I don't want to do it. If you can, if someone else will do it by all means. And so I was trying to be respectful about it. And, um, my aunt just flat out looked at me dead in the face and goes, so what's the matter? You don't believe in God? And my answer was, at this moment, no. And her response was, what's the matter with you? Now, that really hurt. It, it, it hurt. It, it struck a chord with me um, because this is, this is somebody in my life who, like, she was my aunt, but I called her my nana. She was basically, my grandparents passed away before I was ever born. I, my family is very old. And so she was like my grandma. I would go to her house when I was a little kid. I'd stay over and she'd fatten me up with, you know, she, I remember she was that house that had like seven different kinds of cereals, 13 different kinds of cookies, you know, that was, you know, and every time I went over, she said, Hey, mijo, you hungry? Like, and even if I told her no, she'd make me tamales and <laughs> yeah. you know, rice and beans. And so I had a connection with her. And, um, so for her to say that to me really, it hurt. I got up from the table. I went to my room and I, I didn't even come back out. Like I just stayed in my room. And uh, of course her and my mom got into it. And uh, so again, it was a fight that didn't need to happen. It was uh, words that were exchanged that didn't need to be, be exchanged. Um, so again, it put a really sour taste in my mouth about religion. 
Uh, fast forward a little bit more to now I'm in my early, early to mid twenties. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working now. And one of the things that always bugged me was, um, now it's not just religion. I want to make that clear. It's not just like Christianity and, uh, you know, Catholics and Protestants, all that stuff. I'm not, uh, Jews, all that. It's not just them. It's also atheists. I had an issue with them as well. Um, and again, my, my thing kind of just boils down to live and let live. I'm not going to tell you how to think. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. So don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to live my life. But in the same point, if you had, if you had a way of thinking and you had a belief and somebody on the outside came in and tried to trample your beliefs, I would stand up for you. Even if I don't agree with you, I would stand up for your right to think that way. Um, and so like, same thing with an atheist. I had an atheist that, that I used to work with who these two uh, older gentlemen, they were talking about religion. And uh, I believe they were talking about their churches. Like they were, they, they, one of them was trying to find a new uh, like church to go to. And the other one was telling them about his church. And this atheist comes up and she was a female. And she goes, oh, that's cute. You guys still believe in make-believe people? And that rubbed me the wrong way. Because it's like, hey, man, I may not agree with them, but who are you? Why are you, like, downing them for what they believe? You know, and so I stuck up for them, you know. So it's 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 across the board. It's it's not just one particular religion that I'm, I'm against. So I just wanted to make that clear. But for me, I, I ran into a lot of Christians um, throughout my life that really... Um, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And one of the things that I didn't like about religion was the fear mongering. Um, there's, there's a group out there that like to use God as like a wrathful God, a God that um, if you don't do what he tells you to do and, and you don't live the way he wants you to live and you don't bow down to him, then you're going to the fiery place. Um, and it always just kind of bugged me. I had a guy in my car one time. I used to work for uh, Mercedes-Benz, and I was a driver there. And one of the things that my mom always had me growing up uh, always told me was to separate the what the two things you don't talk about, people you don't know, is religion mm -hmm. and politics, and keep those things separate. That's the old way. It mm -hmm. ain't like that no more. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the old way, and that's the and way I grew up. here I am up. deliberately I, bringing I, it I, up. <laughs> yeah, you know. But but that's okay because you you're coming from a from a place where we can have that dialogue. But growing up, you know, I was always told to separate it because again, it's 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 a touchy subject. You know, um, you never know who you're talking to and and the, the type of person they are. Um, I don't mind talking about politics and religion. Um, the thing is, is that there are people who are so close minded that it's their way or no way. Um, and so I ran into a lot of those people and. Um, you know, I worked at Mercedes and there was this guy who got in my car one time and the, that's the first thing he got on. As soon as he got in the car, he asked <laughs> me about religion and I was like, Hey man, I don't really like to talk about religion. I was like, especially right now I'm working. Um, if we don't see eye to eye, I don't really want that to, to reflect on my job. You know, uh, I, I have a family to take care of and, uh, you know, I, I respectfully decline trying to go into this conversation and, uh, no, he kept pushing. He kept pushing. So he's like, so he's like, well, I just want to, you know, simple question. Do you, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And I was like, I really don't want to go into this. He's like, well, I, I just, it's a simple question. Yes or no. He's like, you know, this conversation will never leave the car. So do you believe in Jesus Christ? 
and I was like, I believe of the entity of a man that was Jesus Christ. Sure. Um. So with that, yeah. And he's like, okay, so then you believe in God. I was like, I believe that there's something that we can't explain that is bigger than us. There's, there's definitely something that um, created all of this. Uh, and I was like, but I'm also open to the lines of evolution. So, you know, I, 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 I don't have a definite answer. Um, but I, I do know that as an individual, I have a moral compass that, uh, I, I, I live by and I have a way, uh, that I, I try to be the best I can be and the, the best person to not only myself, but to people around me. Um, so my belief is that I don't know if there's a God. Uh, I'm not going to live my life based on those parameters of what you think I should live my life by. Um, but I do believe that if there is a God and um, I have disappointed him, that he forgives me for not truly believing. But um, it's hard for me to, to, to believe something, especially in a book that was written by a human. And he didn't like that answer. <laughs> he started tearing me a new one. So he's basically, now he's using religion as a fear tactic to scare me into becoming religious. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. And again, I, I knew he was going to do that. And that's why I didn't want to go into it. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't lose my job. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm trying to be as respectful as possible. And so he starts telling me, well, you know, if you deny Christ, then, you know, he'll deny you at the gates and da, 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 this and that. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me pose a question to you then. I was like, you're sitting there telling me that if I deny God and deny Jesus Christ and I don't believe in them, that I'm going to get sent to hell. So everything else in life that I'm doing on a positive side of things um, is now discredited. Is that what you're saying? And he goes, well, no, what I'm saying is if you don't, I was like, no, 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 I get that. But understand, and what, understand what I'm asking. You're saying that no matter how good of a life I live and how honest and uh, righteous that I am, because I don't believe in a Christ or God, that I'm going to be denied. So you're basically putting me in the same category as a serial killer or a rapist or a child molester. And he got really quiet. And I was like, it's, it's a yes or no question. And he goes, well, again, if you deny Christ, I'm like, so I'll take that as a yes. You're saying that because I don't follow and, and right here in front of you say that I believe in God, that in your mind, I'm going to the same place that a, a pedophile would go. And he's just like, well, I mean, I guess if you want to like sum it up that easily, I'm like, no, that's basically what you're saying because you're, you're discrediting everything. I just told you that I'm, I'm an honest person. I don't steal. Uh, I, I don't ever try to uh, do something intentionally to harm others. I actually am more of a protector than anything. Uh, I was like, you don't know the type of stuff that I've been a, a part of in my life. I've, I've saved people's lives. I've been there in people's final moments and, and help them um, basically be, uh, come at ease with the fact that they're going, they're going to the other side. I was like, so you and I asked him, I said, have you ever been in that position? Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to see somebody die in front of you 
and 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 fill their final breath. I was like, what would you do in those situations? I was like, I think that I've been a very um I've been the best that I can be in my life. I haven't done anything extremely negative. You know what I mean? And so meeting individuals like that always put a very sour taste in my mouth. Now with everything that's going on now, now we jump to present time. If I'm answering the question now, the way I would answer it is I'm still not a very religious person, but I have started to build a relationship with God. I have started going along the lines of what my mom does. Um, and I do have conversations with, with the Lord, and, and it's, it's a conversation that only me and him are going to know about. Um, I don't ever push my beliefs on anybody. Um, and, you know, I'm not the type of person that when you sneeze, I'm not going to go, God bless you, or God bless. I, I'm not that person. Um, I will give you uh, respect, and I will be friendly to you. Um, and I will, you know, hey, have a nice day. Nice to meet you. You know, I, I will be respectful. But when it comes to religion, I keep it very close to my heart. And at the end of the day, I feel like when Judgment Day does come um, and everybody is going to meet their maker, um, it doesn't matter what you think about me or what others think about me or the way that you view me because of my religious beliefs, my political beliefs, my musical tastes, uh, what, whatever it is. At the end of the day, um, my relationship that I have with God is what's going to matter. And... When I do meet him, uh, may he forgive all the questions and, and all the, the, the back and forth dialogue that I had with myself throughout my entire life. Um, and again, because I'm an old soul, because I'm very philosophical, but I question everything and it gets on my wife's nerves. I have to question everything. And so religion just falls into that. And because it's such a big thing in our society, it's one of the biggest questions. Um, now, one of the things I do want to mention is is there's a song out there, um, and I don't know if you've heard it, but for your listeners out there, there's a rapper called Hobson, and he has a song that covers this, and it's called The Ill Mind of Hobson. I want to say it's number seven, because he, he labels some of these with numbers. So look up Ill Mind uh, 7. I think it's number seven. But he has a song where he's basically having that discussion. He, he discussed that turmoil, and... Uh, I think that song might resonate, especially with people that are around my age group. Um, I think that song will definitely resonate with, with a lot of people um, because I, I think uh, people battle that a lot. I mean, you have some that are, they know what, what, what where they're at religiously, but I think there's a, a good group that are, again, fence sitters. They're not really knowing which way to lean um, because they need proof. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I still am part of that group, but, I've with age and with having a family and, and seeing my kids and, and, and just a lot of things that have happened in my life. It's, it's definitely put me in a position where it's like, Hey man, you know, there truly is somebody out there who has a plan for you. Um, and things happen for, I do believe things happen for a reason. Um, and it, it's allowed me to not become jaded. It's allowed me not to, 
become negative. I try not to bring negativity in my life. I, I want nothing but positive. And and when I mean positivity, not just actions, but but thoughts. I feel like if you if you have negative thoughts, you put that out into the ether and negativity comes back to you. So you want to surround yourself around positive things, people, thoughts. Um, and so I think all of that has really kind of drove me more into wanting to have a relationship with God. Um, so yeah, sorry, that probably was a super long answer, but that's kind of where I've at and kind of evolved over time with religion. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the good thing apart, uh, the good thing about that is that like you also are answering a lot of my other questions along the way. And so it's like, I'm like looking oh, at okay. my list and being like, Oh, that one's good. That one's good. That one's good. So it's all good. Like, <laughs> and you just make my job easier. That, that's just what it is. <laughs> ah, cool. <laughs> uh, so let's jump to what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? Um, <sighs> short answer, chaos. <laughs> if we cannot, if we cannot find common ground and we continue to let outside entities divide us, I think we are going to ultimately destroy ourselves. Um, I think we're going to be Rome 2.0. Um, but I think that there's a lot of potential to do great things. I think, though, technology has made, has made us weak. Um, and... You know, I, I I truly believe that that strong men and hard work make life easier. But then when life becomes easier, it makes weak men. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so with society, I feel like there's there there is potential, and a lot of people. Um, again, this is why you know the positive of technology is that we we're allowed to connect like we are right now. Uh, there's there's a lot of creative things that can come from technology. Um, the negatives are it makes us lazy in the sense of mentally. Um, and I pose this question to you. How many of your friends in your cell phone do you know their numbers by heart? Uh, I know my wife's phone number. Yeah, see, <laughs> but... Back in the day, you had to memorize numbers. And again, it's just, again, and what I mean by that is like brain power. We're not having to use our brains as much um, because technology does it for us. Um, so I think that there are positives and negatives to things. Um, one of the huge positives um, that I've seen coming out and being in this podcast world has really opened my eyes to it is there are tons of people like yourself um, who are willing to have these conversations. And I think that that allows to awaken the, the, the sleeping giant, if you will, in a lot of us. Um, people who are willing to. Let's, let me put it that way, though. There are plenty of people out there who are, are willing to just be uh, blind and, 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 and sleep through everything. And they, 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 they have their beliefs and they're, that they're not going to discuss. It's, it's not up for discussion. Um, you know, and that's where we have extremism, especially in the political world. Uh, you know, you have your extreme left and you have your extreme right. Um, the frustrating part is that with both camps, you can't say anything that goes against that camp or you get labeled as that. If you say one thing that goes against the right, you're labeled as a libtard. If you say something that goes against the left, you're deemed a racist. So it, it's, 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 it's a very divided 
society that we're in right now. Um, but podcasts like this allow people to who want to have a dialogue, who want to find common ground, who want to get their ideas out, but are willing to uh, change their ideas based off the information that's given, um, I think is going to help us in the long run. Um, and I think that's what we as a, as a society need to realize is that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to think one way and with facts presented to you, be like, oh, shit, I was wrong, you know? Um, and I think that's the problem with a lot of people is that they aren't mature enough to ex take the accountability of, I was wrong. Hey, man, my bad. I think if people can can get to that point and accept that there's a chance you could be wrong, um, then we could get rid of cognitive dissonance altogether. Um, but a lot of people just don't want to accept it. And, and, and I think that's a huge thing. So there's a lot of work for sure. Um, but I think if, if we have podcasts like yours um, out there and more of them are popping up, which is great, I think that that's going to help kind of bridge bridge the gap and i think if we can get people to start stop fighting and start having dialogues that they may not want to have um, i think we could eventually in the future see better times i know i want i want better times for my kids man i feel like i i, I messed up and brought kids into the world at, a, at the wrong time and I, that, that might just be a generation thing i'm sure my mom's generation felt the same way uh, about what was going on at, at their current time um but but yeah, I mean it's just it's 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 a transformation that my kids are gonna have to just grow into. And as a parent, my job is to make sure that I raise kids who understand that um, respect is 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 earned, not given. Um, my generation has a bad habit of being like, "You're gonna respect me." Well, what have you done to earn that? Um, and I think that's destroying our, our destroying our society as well. Um, when Anybody I come across, anybody I meet out in the wild, I automatically give you respect because I want respect in return. The moment you disrespect me, I take that respect away. And it's you have to work like hell to get it back. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it's it's a mind, it's a mindset. We need to change our mindset, and I think we'd be doing a lot better. Definitely. And that's just an honest opinion of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, going more a positive direction, what makes you content? Music. Um, writing music, composing music. Um, my kids. <laughs> um, I never truly felt love in my heart until my kiddos were born. Um, going to work. And like I said, when I was working 12-hour shifts, six days a week, it was rough. But coming home, walking through the door and having my daughter, when she, at the time she was like two, running up to me going, Daddy, and giving me the biggest hug that a two-year-old can give. Sitting down on the couch, watching cartoons with her while the wife made dinner. Um, that, that was my happy place, you know, and it still is. Um, financially I've hit some, some rough bumps and it's, it's, it's taken a toll on me. Um, 
age-wise. <laughs> it's aged me quicker than <laughs> I'd, I'd like to look. But um, but yeah, the little things, man. The little things really do make me content at life. Um, being able to know that uh, I have the ability to take my thoughts and put them into a musical forum and create something um, that being able to create something out of nothing means the world to me. Um, and, and I, I definitely don't take, take it, take, take it for granted for sure. Um, so yeah, that, that, and then having kids and now having my kids wanting to, to learn all that stuff, you know, them taking an interest in music them taking an, an interest in anything that I like. I mean, I'm a huge Pokemon fan. I like Magic the Gathering. I'm like, I'm a nerd at heart, man, you know? And so them taking that interest, uh, you know, my kid discovered Sonic on her own. She loves mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog. And so like that type of stuff, just it warms my heart and it makes me, it, it, it's it's the, the positive outlook on, on a very negative world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What advice do you have for people in general? Live your life, man. <laughs> live your life um you know don't and, and and it's not just advice for people it's advice that i have to give myself every day um to stay motivated uh i'm a procrastinator like most people and so trying to stay motivated is very difficult um trying to um you know again covid really messed a lot of things up being inside being confined if you're listening to this and you've been combined for a long time, I know it's hard. I know it's rough. Mentally, it's draining. It can it can really wear wear you down as a human being. But just live life. Do the best you can. Every day, try to be better than you were yesterday. And like I said earlier, do not let people um, tell you what you're doing is wrong. One of the things that I've learned in doing this podcast and doing music is that, and this isn't this isn't going to be the same for everybody. Everybody's going to have a different experience with this. But for the majority of you guys, don't rely on your family. Don't rely on your friends to help you get your dream out there. They're not going to understand your overall big picture of what you're trying to achieve. Um, but also don't forget the ones that stand by your side when you're a nobody. Um, but understand that when you do start making waves and you start becoming successful, the people that are going to call you a sellout, the people who are going to say, man, you've changed. You're not the same. Like you're, you've, you've let this get to your head. Those are the same people that were rooting for you to fail. Keep that in mind. Because the people that were with you from the start, they're going to be with you when you're successful. They're the ones that are going to continually see your growth and go, hey, man, right on. They're, they're going to cheer you on. The people who are going to be, become your haters are the people that were, they were already your haters, man. They already were doubting you. Self-doubt is a huge problem as well. Um, you're going you're gonna to have self-doubt in yourself a lot. But you got to just keep going, man. You got to set small goals to reach your ultimate goal. That's the best thing that I can say to not overwhelm yourself. Um, Find out what your ultimate goal is. Set small goals to help you get to that big goal. And one of the the things that that I try to do um, 
in my everyday life is again, make schedules. Schedules really work. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I felt really bad. I was supposed to do this with you a couple <laughs> weeks ago with, well, with the power thing. Um, you know, I'm, we're here now, but that was one of the things that like, I felt bad because again, when you're building relationships with people, make sure that you're willing to see that relationship through. Um, that's another thing that I've been seeing in the podcast world and you're going to see it in the music industry. You're going to see it across the board and anything that you want to do. There are people who, um, they're, they're flaky. You're just going to run into flaky people. Um, don't let it get to you. It, it's just part of, it's just part of that machine. Um, but don't become one of those people. If you're going to commit to something, stay committed. Um, even if you don't want to do it, stay committed. You, you, you made, you made a deal with somebody and somebody else is relying on you, um, to, to come through. Um, so that's one of the things that I have noticed. And, and I've had that with guests too, where I've had guests that like, you know, they'll say they'll want to do something. And, you know, we set a time, we set a date and then the, there are no shows. Um, again, I don't know if they got cold feet or, you know, life's kind of crazy right now. So I give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's, again, I want to give you a big thank you for, for doing that for me. You know, you gave me the benefit of the doubt and you were, you were willing to reschedule with me. Um, although had you been like, you know, Hey, you missed your, your mark, you know, sorry, I'm going to move on to the next guest. I would have completely understood and I would respect, respected you for that, you know? So there would have been no sour taste in my mouth for that at, at all. Cause it, you know, again, you weren't, you weren't able to get a hold of me. So, <laughs> but yeah, if, if, it, if anybody's trying to start something, just just go for it, man. Um, don't look back. Don't rely on other people, man. That's one of the things that I found out in, in, in my life doing this stuff. Do not rely on people. If you're going to go in as a partner with somebody, make sure that um, you know that you can do it without them if need be. Um, that was one of the things that I've learned. You know, I've done partnerships with people and they don't really work out. Typically, even when you think, hey, man, you know, we're on the same wavelength and this is going to work, um, you know, and again, I'm not talking to everybody when I say that you may have a partner and it may work great and awesome, you know, but it, it's a, it's slim pickings out there, man. So know that whatever you're going to get into, it's cool to have a partner. But if you if you do have a partner, know in your mind, back of your mind, can I do this on my own? Like, do I really need them? And uh, that way, you know that if you lose them, it it's not going to hurt you mentally. You're like, I got this. I can I can continue doing what I need to do. Um, but know that there are a lot of obstacles. You're going to have a lot of challenges. Um, but at the end of the day, you still want to have fun. The moment that it's not fun, um, then maybe re reevaluate what it is that you're doing. You know, don't chase the numbers as much either. <laughs> Last question, potentially most importantly, cake or pie? Oh man. If I'm going, uh, you know what, man, I would have to say clear cut. It'd probably be pie, man. Cause cake is good. My wife makes really good homemade cake, but honestly, are we counting brownies as cake? Cause brownies, I like brownies <laughs> more than I like cake, you know? Brownies um, I would consider and the amount of times that I've had this conversation, brownies fall under cake. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so now we're going to go with, I do like brownies, and if I had to pick a cake, a nice warm carrot cake is good. My problem with cake is the frosting. A lot of times the frosting is just too, it's too artificial tasting, or it's too thick. It's just not a fan of that. So I, I think I'm going to go with pie, man, because 
pie, I can eat I can eat pretty much any kind of pie. Pecan pie is my stuff. Cherry pie is really good. Um, and then I guess would we would we cons- if we're considering brownies cake, we could consider cobbler's kind of a pie then, correct? Cobbler's or pie, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, man, you can get with a, a peach cobbler with some ice cream. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, my 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 fat side is all about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pie man. Well, let's let's go with the pie. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, thank you so much for doing this with me. Where can people find you and your things? Thanks for having me, man. This was fun. Um, you can find me on um, Buzzsprout or any of your main streaming play, uh, platforms, uh, Spotify. Uh, I'm not sure I'm on iTunes yet. I'm still trying to get through that but i'm also on like pod podcast attic and um what's the other one deezer stuff like that so just type in uh the cognitive discourse and uh, you can find us there um if you'd like to if you have any questions or you'd like to be a guest on the show you can email me at cognitive discourse podcast at gmail.com there's no the it's just cognitive discourse podcast at gmail.com we also have a youtube so you can search us up on youtube uh check out my band among war Uh, i am a solo artist um i'm also on i have their stuff through DistroKid, so they put my stuff on all the streaming platforms. Um, I push Spotify most out of all of them. But hey, man, if you want to go to iTunes and throw me 99 cents for a song, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I'm also on YouTube as well, so just type in Among War Band on, on uh, YouTube and you can find me on there. And uh, on as far as everything else, I'm still working on a few things. Uh, the Cognitive Discourse does have an Instagram, so you can find us on there. I'm trying to be a little more active on that. Uh, I'm an old man, so I'm uh, trying to get better at, at using Instagram. <laughs> but social media platforms are coming out uh, as, as time progresses. I do have a Facebook group as well. So just type in the Cognitive Discourse at the Facebook group. That's the best way to kind of post your questions and um, kind of have that open dialogue. And uh, if I like your question, I'll feature it on an episode. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for doing this with me. I'm Santiago Armonez. And I'm Joseph Godasco. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamonez.com. I make music. I have an EP, a short album, that will be releasing on May 28th. It's six instrumental electronic tracks that didn't quite fit into a major release. It's called Sound Bites, and it'll be the first of many EPs that include stray songs, pieces, or recordings. Be on the lookout for that and follow me on Instagram to stay up to date with all the stuff that I'm doing, both at bit.depth and at Santiago Ramones Music. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I really couldn't be doing this without you, and I'm super grateful to continue doing BitDepth for this long. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong, 